to Biohacking with Brittany, episode 21. This is a biohacking podcast that focuses on making health accessible for everybody and affordable and just really breaks down a lot of the complicated health and biohacking concepts that tend to be out there currently. I am releasing episodes every other week currently because I am developing a couple things coming down the pipeline. A big one is my consulting business hopefully will be launched in January. We shall see. So if you're interested actually in becoming a client of mine, I have a wait list right now and I am accepting people to go on that wait list. So especially if you're female, which is kind of like the area of expertise I'm looking to move into of hormones and then eventually fertility, probably like prenatal, postnatal health as well. Let me know and I would love to have you come on my wait list and maybe work together in the new year, which would be really cool. So this week we have Ashley Perkins for episode 21. She and I discussed a lot about kind of like woo-woo things, basically a lot about like the intuition versus the ego and how to really biohack that and what you can do and how you can tell the difference and strengthen your intuition and listen to the ego, hear what it's saying, but know that it's coming from a place of almost like trying to protect you and narcissism and stuff like that. So we kind of get into all of that. And she shares a lot about her relationship that she's currently in and her journey and how she got here. So I hope you enjoy this episode and reach out to me, of course, if you would like to chat or you have anyone who you would recommend to come on here. I'm most active on Instagram, but you can also shoot me an email, which you can find it on my website. Thanks. Have a good one. So Ashley Perkins, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So I would love for you to kind of just like Walk us through your journey into where you got today, like both in your career and your health and also like what your day-to-day life even looks like right now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm like, (laughs) there's so many places where I could start that story. I got to find the best spot. So hi everyone. I'm Ashley Perkins. Today, as I sit here, I am a master life and success coach and NLP practitioner with specific focus in human design and the power of the subconscious mind. I love to focus on human beings behind the business. And I do have a background in business coaching, which I can touch on as I kind of unpack my story here. But yeah, so I guess I'll start my journey in my late teens, early 20s, because I feel as though there's such a point there that I think a lot of people can relate to. And that is the story of a girl who had no idea what she wanted to do with her life, as many, you know, young adults do. And I think, you know, there's so many things that go into that from our society, putting such pressure on us from such a young age to have it all figured out to you name it. I mean, there's a lot laundry list that, you know, we don't necessarily need to get into. But the point is, is I decided to ignore all of the nudges from within. And when I say nudges, for me, what that means is my intuition. And it speaks to me through my body. And I felt through my body that I wasn't really meant to pursue a traditional path. I had always kind of been entrepreneurial in spirit ever since I was a young child. I didn't necessarily have the lemonade stand, but I was always very creative and resourceful at finding ways to tap into something I was passionate about and turn it into a creative venture. And at 
that point when I was around 20 years old and, you know, I see all of my friends going off to college and university, I just couldn't shake this feeling that like, it just wasn't for me, but I did it anyway. (laughs) Um, So that is also when my journey with deep anxiety began because I, again, was ignoring all of the physical signs within my body that were telling me you're not on your path. This is a path that was created by other people for you. And even though it may be scary and you have no idea what doing something for yourself could look like, like that's what you're meant to be doing. But I pushed through it. But I noticed that as school evolved and progressed, I was in a four-year university program. I started as my major undecided. I literally walked into school (laughs) with an undecided major and was like, I'm just going to play because, you know, part of me doesn't even really want to be here, but part of me is going to try and make the most of this. Again, that resourceful side of me being like, okay, how can you kind of dabble and maybe find your passion and find your purpose here? And in some ways I did. I took so many courses and ended up graduating. But by the time I graduated, I was suffering with then debilitating anxiety. I was having regular panic attacks. And what that looked like for me was almost as if somebody were sitting on my chest morning, afternoon, and night. And some days it would subside a little bit and other days, it was so powerful that like, I couldn't even get out of bed. I had no desire to get out of bed. And I instantly thought like, what's going on here? Like what's wrong with me? Because I've always been someone who takes care of themselves. I've always been somebody who's active, who takes care of and prioritizes their mindset. I've always been into kind of personal and spiritual development. And I was using these practices that I was like, what's going on? Like, I don't understand why I'm suffering with this so badly. And by the time, like I graduated, I was suffering with this anxiety. I forced myself into a corporate job where one day I got into my car and to describe it best, I had what felt like an out of body experience. It was a panic attack, but I couldn't move. And so from that position, I opened up my phone, probably not like, don't take this as professional advice because it's not something I look back on fondly, but I quit that corporate job from email in my car, in my driveway, because I physically couldn't bring myself to force myself into things that every fiber in my body was like, no, 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 no. I had just spent four years doing that. And I was like, I have the rest of my life ahead of me. And I... I really don't want to live it like this. I would really love to spend some time figuring out what's going on here. And so I ended up taking a part-time job that was only evenings and weekends, which allowed my days to empower me to tap back into that authentic self, like the self that was creative and entrepreneurial in spirit. And I really leveraged that time to figure out who is Ashley in the first place, because up until now, she's been following everybody else's rules and everybody else's views of what life and career and even relationship should be like. But there is a disconnect here because I'm talking about myself in the third person, but it's going to all come together. Don't worry. But I'm like, this actually doesn't align with any of that. And like, as I'm sitting here, like my body is trying to tell me something and it's communicating with me through anxiety and panic attacks. 
And that was when, you know, long story short, over that time, I ended up starting a business and it really at that point wasn't as wellness focused as it is now, but I ended up working with other entrepreneurs and finding that that really lit me up. I started a digital marketing and social media consultancy for small businesses and was able to leverage that wonderful part-time job to meet people who needed me, who needed my services. And suddenly this like sense of purpose was ignited and I felt a little less anxious in my body each and every day, but it was still there. No matter how many affirmations I woke myself up with in the morning, you name it, it was still there. And so again, as my business evolved and I started working with entrepreneurs on their businesses and providing them strategies only to be met with the anxiety that was in me about showing up as myself, my authentic self in my life and my business, it was in them too. And so I was like, okay, what's going on here? Like there's something deeper. We're all kind of looking at each other on this surface level and we're all trying to do these things and build these businesses. And on the surface level, it looks great, but why aren't we moving anywhere? Right? And like, why are we still struggling with this? I would give not only myself, like I would have coaches and I would learn through classes, like all of these strategies that could easily provide success. And I would translate strategies to my clients that could provide success. But then at the end of the day, it was like, well, I don't believe I can do that. I don't believe I'm worthy of that. And slowly but surely, I started to notice this common thread in myself and them that there was something deeply seated below the surface. And the more I researched it, the more I uncovered the world of neuroscience and neurolinguistic programming and our subconscious mind and the power of it. And I realized that my clients and myself were operating from a place of our conscious mind. And the problem with that is that our conscious mind really only controls about 10% of our daily thoughts, emotions, behaviors, and patterns. The rest is run on autopilot by our unconscious or subconscious mind. And so if there's things buried within there, which let me tell you, for everyone there is, and that's okay, but that is where our patterns of self-sabotage lie. And so through that process, I became so obsessed with techniques and neurolinguistic programming like timeline regression and emotional freedom technique, which is otherwise called tapping. Some of you may have heard it called that and hypnotherapy. And I started as I do in, in everything dabbling with myself first. And I noticed not overnight, of course, but over time, my anxiety and my panic attacks completely subsided. I healed it holistically using these deeply transformational modalities. And that was when I was like, okay, everybody needs to know this and I need to master this. So that led to me enrolling in my master life and success coach and NLP practitioner certification. That also led to me becoming certified as a human design analyst, because that's just another way that we can learn how energy moves through our body. And that led me here today. And that's my very somewhat long-winded yeah. roundabout way of here this moment right now with you. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Um, what school did you go to? Was it in Toronto? Yeah. I went to York University. Nice. Okay. I went to Laurier. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So you started here and then moved. Yeah. And then went west. Yeah. That's, I think your story is just so common. Yeah. It happens time and time again of people doing what they think they should be doing, going to university, 
straight out of high school, which is like, I did the same thing because like, that's what everyone's doing. And that's the norm. And like, my parents want me to do that. Right. Yeah. But I went through such a similar thing of like coming out of university and being like, now what? Okay. Anxiety. Let me just do this thing called adulting, which I have no idea how to do and try and get a job in the corporate world. And like, even though my passions and I feel like I should be going this way, I'm actually going to do this because that's a better job. There's money there. Like Mm -hmm. I need to pay back my student loan, all of these things. Right. So I just, and even on a deeper level, it's like, mm-hmm. I will be loved. I will be accepted. Yes, exactly. I will be understood. Yeah. Yes. It's crazy. Yeah. So, so true. Yeah. As well as like doing that, when you meet people, it's easy to say, oh, I work at this firm. This is my title. Yeah. Rather than right now, oh, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm starting this business and it does this and this. And people are like, what? I don't get I still it. don't know what to tell people when they ask me what I do. I'm like, how do I put that in a nutshell? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's so difficult. So for the people who are, I guess, like still maybe in those years, like early 20s coming out mm-hmm. and maybe have like the same like anxiety that you had, what advice would you give? Or like if you were to give yourself advice back then, like what would you say? Mm, yeah, this is, this is a deep one because I've done so much work for that younger self because of that younger self. And I always tend to get a little emotional when I'm talking to people who are in the thick of that, because you know, as I'm sure you can resonate with when you come out the other side of it, it's just like, like you can breathe and like you have this clarity and that's all you're longing for when you're in that phase. So for somebody in that phase, I would just say, get really, really honest with yourself and really comfortable about what it is that you want. And I promise it's easier said than done. It's going to feel uncomfortable. I'm not about to sugarcoat this for you. And you're going to learn a lot about yourself and the people in your life in the process. You'll learn who's for you and who's for you when it's convenient for them. But I will say the longest relationship you're going to have in this life is the relationship with yourself. And that's been one of the hardest lessons I've had to learn, but the most rewarding. So if you can give yourself the gift of taking a step back from your life and looking at it without judgment, almost from like a third party perspective, a bird's eye view If you can set aside the things that you've been handed, because we've all received conditioning from our environment and the people in it and so on and so forth as we've grown up. And it really, I find kind of rears its head in that early Mm twenties phase where you start to wake up to like, okay, there's a lot going on here and I feel different and I don't know why. If you can kind of dissociate, not only just from the closeness of your life, but if you can kind of take a step back and again, detach from all of the things that you've been told you should be and you should do and simply ask yourself, what do I want? What do I need that I'm not receiving from my life now currently? That answer may not come to you in that moment, but I promise the more and more you ask yourself that question, like your unconscious mind, your subconscious mind is going to come through at any moment of any day. Like I said, maybe not in that moment, but once you ask the question, it's there and it's going to get that process going where you may wake up one day and say like, 
yeah, no, I don't want the career at that firm. I want to do this thing for myself. I want to start this blog and I have no idea where it's going to go, but I know that I'm meant to start this blog right now. Or I don't want to be in this relationship. I don't want to do the standard get married, have the babies, do the white pick offense. I want to travel the world. Then good, go do that. And lean into the fact that as long as you are fulfilled and you are happy, that's all that matters because any person you come into contact with, any experience you immerse yourself with in when you are in that state of fulfillment, of deep satisfaction, of just being at home within yourself, you are going to radiate that into every experience, into every person that comes into contact with you. And I think you'll find that eventually you garner that support that you're really looking for, whether it's from yourself or the people in your life. Mm -hmm. I think it helps a lot to like take a step back and just think about exactly what you're saying. Like if no one was around and I was like the only person in the whole world, what would I do? If there's no society pressure, like what would I be doing today? What would I be doing relationship wise, career wise? I just find even now, like being past that, there's just so much pressure. Yeah. And your 20s are just like this weird time of like everyone is doing different things. Yeah. Some people do more schooling. Some people get married really young and have kids or don't get married or travel and like, or just climb the corporate ladder. And I find even now, like I look around and I'm like, all these people are doing these different paths. Okay. Which one do I do? Mm-hmm. Like, which, where do I fit in in this? Because there's so many different ways to do it. Whereas coming out of high school into university was like, Everyone is doing university. Yes. Everyone is safe for four years. Yeah. You don't have to think about our futures and like our subconscious really, right? Like mm-hmm. you can just party yourself away for four years and just yeah. like, you know what I mean? So it's just such an interesting time. And it's so interesting talking to people because I feel like everybody is going through this like transition phase. Yeah. Oh yeah. At one point or another, for sure. Actually, I just had two questions come through that like I've always asked myself and they were questions I asked myself when I was in that pivotal moment of transition of like, this isn't working. So like what's going to like, what is for me? And I would ask what would I ask for if I knew for certain the answer would be yes. And also if I knew I would be deeply supported, what would I be doing right now? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I think there are also people who know the answer, but don't want to move forward with it Mm -hmm. because like usually out of fear, right? Like fear of change. Mm -hmm. Um, And I like, I've been there as well. Like when I was working in in the corporate world, I was the same way. I had a lot of like analysis paralysis where I wanted to do more schooling in the health world, but I didn't know what school and where and when and all of these things. And so I I was out of fear. So I just like stayed in the same place for too long. Looking back was too long, but it worked out. But it's almost easier to just stay put Mm -hmm. and not make a decision and just like suppress the feelings and the nudges every day. You know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So if you wanted to start like biohacking your subconscious, like Mm -hmm. where would we even start with that? Hmm. I mean, the simplest technique that I always recommend to people is meditation. It's meditation, a hundred percent. It activates your parasympathetic nervous system, whether you do it for five minutes a day or fifty minutes a day, and it's easy enough that like 
everybody can do it. Like I said, if it's so brand spanking new to you and you have never sat alone in silence with your thoughts, which if you're the person who's suppressing the nudges and you can feel yourself choosing to stay put out of fear of the unknown and the uncertainty and the change, then like a minute is probably going to be your max out. And that's okay because every day you sit down for a minute, it's going to get more natural to you and you can extend it to five minutes and so on and so forth. And it's so widely accessible for all people, whether you're able-bodied or you're suffering from some kind of disability with your body. If you have the ability to simply sit, close your eyes and take deep belly breaths, you can meditate. And it's through that meditation process, you are going to become aware and awareness is the key to unlocking your next steps so that you can melt away that uncertainty and that fear a little bit because it's impossible virtually to think of your next steps, to think of what it is you want and where you want to go and who you want to be and what you want to do when you are so zoomed in on the small picture, the pain point, the problem, Mm -hmm. your conscious thinking mind is going to be running that show thinking like, I don't know what I want to do. This is terrifying. Why do I feel like this? And so on and so forth. Like you can go down that rabbit hole forever. But when you can sit again, whether it's a minute, whether it's an hour, and simply instead of focusing on your prefrontal cortex, all of those thoughts racing through your mind, and you can kind of, I imagine it like you're sitting safely on the side of the road and watching traffic go by. You're not a part of the traffic. You're not a part of the noise. You're an observer. And that's what meditation is. You are not the noise, AKA your thoughts that are racing through your mind. You can't actually tell your mind to shut off. It's always on. It's always going to be thinking. Meditation gives you the power to drop out of your mind and into your body and become the conscious non-judgmental observer of your thoughts, your feelings, and emotions. And through that practice, making meditation a practice, you can then discover things that you didn't even know were going on with you, whether it be on a mental, emotional, or physical level. And you can also just allow that to all melt away. And like I said, naturally your intuition is going to come through and your intuition feels very, very different than your ego, which often speaks from that self-constructed version of ourself. It's often rooted in fear. I'm not going to tell you how your intuition communicates with you. It's different and unique for all of us, but I know that it doesn't come from your mind. Absolutely not. It comes from your body. Mm. So interesting. I have read about this recently in the last year, just the idea of the observer. Yeah. Just even like wrapping your head around that Mm -hmm. is a lot for a lot of people. But once you actually can sit down, like you're saying, and think about yourself outside of yourself, which sounds so woo woo, but Mm -hmm. it actually, it's really cool. And then not being judgmental, right? So having a thought come up and like I've said it before on the podcast, but having a thought come up and being like, cool, that's a thought. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And, not, and, that's, not, all it is. and that's all it is. Yeah. It's just, it's not a, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm thinking that what's wrong with me. Or why did I think that? It's just like, it's a thought and there'll be another one and there'll be another 50,000 today. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, 
just objective, I guess. It is. Your thoughts are totally neutral. They're totally objective. Actually, our entire human experience is subjective. Things Mm. only have the meaning that we apply to it through the filters of our conditioning and our beliefs and our Mm -hmm. thoughts and our emotions. You and I could have the exact same experience Mm -hmm. and come out of it feeling, thinking, and believing completely different things and remembering completely different details, right? So if you can choose to see empowerment in that versus overwhelm, then like that's going to make the process even easier. And just give yourself the permission to like own the fact that you're not that thought. You are not that thought. You're Mm -hmm. the conscious awareness behind the thought. Mm -hmm. And like every new moment is also a new moment to choose a new thought. Yeah. I think it's something like we have 60,000 thoughts a day. Yes. So like they can't all be a hundred percent reflection of actually who you are. <laughs> it's like not possible. No, like it's just, it's just not how it works. Yeah. So say I had this like hit or nudge, like you called it mm-hmm. of something about, we'll just say my career for an example. How would I know if it's my ego or it's my intuition coming mm-hmm. through? Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, this is going to be fairly unique to each individual. And again, fairly unique to you, depending on how much time and work you've put into strengthening your intuition muscle and like learning how it communicates with you. But as a generalization, I like to say that your intuition speaks to you almost in whispers. And it's like a one time, like your intuition's not going to repeat itself. It's like when you're on a walk and you suddenly get the urge to take a different route, like take a different path. And as you do, you bump into an old friend that you haven't seen in so long and you end up having this great conversation and you leave to finish your walk feeling more elevated and more inspired and just happy overall. That's your intuition because your intuition is always for your highest good right? It's always guidance to support your overall well-being, overall ecological well-being for you, and your overall just success. It's your higher being, as I call it. Your ego is going to be loud. Your ego is going to be loud and it's going to repeat itself. It's going to take you down the path of, let's say it's your career. It's going to say, who are you to do that? right? Remember the last time you tried to do this and it didn't work? Your ego is going to show you these like flashcards of evidence of all the reasons why it's not going to work. Because your ego essentially is your limited programming, your conditioning in your subconscious mind. And all it's trying to do is keep you safe. That's it. That's really all it is. And so when your ego can sense that you're about to embark on something, like say you're about to launch something brand new that maybe it's a podcast for your career, right? And you've never done it before. And there's a million and one podcasters out there, of course. So your ego is going to start telling you things like, you really think this podcast is going to be successful? Like, look at so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. They're topping the charge. How can your podcast compete with that? Mm. That's your ego. It's like this broken record of mental chatter. Whereas, again, this is why I recommend meditation when you're quiet enough, you can hear and feel those like one hit nudges or whispers or pings, whatever you want to call it from your intuition. But I promise it's not going to repeat itself. It's not going to keep saying, launch the podcast, launch the podcast. (laughs) Like it's going to tell you once and you're going to be like, what, what, where did that come from? But there's a reason it's supporting your highest good. Interesting. 
So what is the, in terms of like relationships, what would the ego sound like? Or like, have you heard from your clients compared Mm. to intuition? Oh yeah. I can even talk about like me in relationship. I've been with my, yeah, I've been with my partner for six years and we've done this work alongside of each other and we're completely different people than when we began dating. And it's wonderful to find someone to be able to do that with, but we are not perfect. Okay. Like this work has been imperfect and messy, but I mean, okay. So a perfect example for me cleanliness is next to godliness for me. Okay. (laughs) I am a Capricorn. I am. Hey, I love like cleanliness. When my space is cluttered, my mind Mm -hmm. feels cluttered. Mm -hmm. I can't focus on anything else but the disaster around me. And so let's say for instance, hypothetically, (laughs) I, I come home and the kitchen is a disaster. It looks like a bomb went off. Cupboards are left open. Empty pots and pans are in the sink. There's residue on the counters, all of the things, like my actual nightmare. And my ego rears its ugly head in that moment and says, how dare he? He knows that this is everything to me. He knows how important a clean house is to me. And he thinks it's okay just to come in here and spin like around like a hurricane, leave it like a bomb went off and just go about his day and leave me to come home to this. How dare he? It's like this holier than thou voice. Now what I invite you to do in relationship, whether you're like me and a mess drives you crazy or maybe something, it's something else. You're going to know when your ego comes up because it's all of those I centered thoughts. Like Mm. how dare he do that to me? Right. And what I like to do in those moments is like, pause, 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 pause take a breath and look at what your ego is coming to protect you from. Because as I just said, your ego speaks through your limited programming, but it only wants to keep you safe. That's why it's rearing its ugly head. It only wants to keep you safe. So I asked myself, what's really going on here? What's my ego trying to protect me from? And for me, my ego was trying to protect me from not feeling worthy of consideration in that moment. My ego saying, uh, hello, you don't consider me and my feelings and like my love for a clean space at all rude. Right. So again, following that, identifying what's really going on beneath the surface, I can then say, okay, this is one thing we can deal with this mess later, but what's most important right now to quiet this mental chatter so I don't go off the rails and act out of a self-sabotaging pattern of going and freaking out on my partner over dishes because that's not really the problem. What can I then do that's going to make me feel worthy and considered? And for me, that's like running a long, hot Epsom salt bath. That's, you know, sitting down to do yoga or meditation with my essential oils. It's bringing me back to my center it's pouring life into myself. And then, you know, I'm prepared to go have that conversation with him because I'm not coming from this, how dare you, like this ego place. I'm coming from a place where I've taken care of myself. I've made myself feel worthy and considered. And then I can present an adult, mature, conscious conversation with my partner to say, listen, I'm not too sure what happened with you today and what your day looked like, but I just want to get back on the same page about what we value here in this home and what we value here in this relationship. 
it's a constant process. It's Mm -hmm. constant work, right? We're never done. We never cross a finish line one day, whether you're single, coupled up, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You're always on a journey of healing. And so my question then is really like, how can we enjoy that process more instead of making it feel like a job or like, I've got to rush through this so I can like heal this problem. Like you're going to be working with it constantly. You're going to be working with your ego constantly. And I find when you can bring your partner into it like that, it really elevates your relationship because then they kind of start reframing ways in which they approach triggers where their ego rears its head and also how they communicate with you when their ego is like in the thick of it, like just having a hot button moment. Yeah. So interesting. I, so I'm in a long-term relationship as well. And I definitely have the ego come up in in different ways. Like I'm sure everybody does. Right. But I feel like you really have to do the work though. It's so much work. Yeah, it is. It is to be like, okay, I'm reacting to this situation. Why? Like, why am I reacting like this? Yeah. Because like unpacking that and like thinking about it and then coming up with the answer and then talking about it and then coming up with the solution. It's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Like I'm tired even thinking about that. I know. I know. And I'm not sure a lot of people actually do that, you know, like. A lot of people, oh, it's just dishes. Don't look at it as anything more. It's only dishes you're getting angry at, right? But, oh, yeah. There's always something bigger below the surface. Yeah, like you're not crying over dishes. You're not, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, you're not really fighting over what you want to watch on Netflix that night. Like you're, there's something much bigger. Like what's actually going on? What are you actually angry about? Yeah. Totally, totally. So do you find that meditating, I don't know about like reduces the ego, but like quite, Mm -hmm. quietens it? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Actually, you're going to, you'll probably, if meditating is new for you, you'll probably meet your ego face to face when you sit down to meditate the first time. A hundred percent. My ego actually just came up in a meditation this morning. I was doing a longer meditation and about 30 minutes in, my ego was like, okay, are we done? Are we done with this? Like we have other things to do. And I now have the awareness to recognize it and be like, oh, hi, ego. Yeah, yeah no, we're, we're going to hang out here for a little while longer. But yeah, meditating absolutely can help you soften your ego. Um, mm-hmm. Another practice that I really love, and I also have a meditation for on my YouTube channel that you guys can plug into easily, is reparenting. Reparenting. Mm-hmm. Man, so many of us did not get the love, support, recognition, you name it, that we needed as children. And that ultimately creates so many deep rooted patterns of self sabotage and codependency and unhealthy coping mechanisms, like numbing out, you know, through drinking, through watching TV, through exercise, through workaholism. I used to numb out through workaholism and I completely burnt myself out to the point of adrenal fatigue to the point where I was like forced to not do anything and realize that, oh yeah, I keep myself so busy so I don't have to face all of the ways that I don't feel worthy. I don't feel love. I don't feel supported. 
I think a lot of times people, I'm just going off on a, like a soapbox tangent, but I think this is so important because I think a lot of times people think that they need to have some monumental traumatic event happen in their childhood to even consider reparenting or think that they need to do this. Whereas the majority of us had very minor, almost like your conscious thinking mind will not remember it. And so it's through reparenting techniques like timeline regression that I do with my clients all the time, taking them back in their past, but through their subconscious mind where something pops up and they're like, oh my God, I didn't even remember that. And I can easily identify the emotion tied to it. And now I can see that I act out in these ways because of that. And it was like this minor trauma that happened in their childhood. And that's why I always say like reparenting and meditation are the best ways to soften your ego because you're not going to get rid of your ego ever. And I also feel the need to speak to the narrative, especially in the coaching space of like everything's love and light and death to the ego and so on and so forth that to each their own, but that's not how I practice my life. And that's not how I teach my clients to practice their life because we all have a shadow. We all have an ego and the best way to hone in on it. The best way to soften it is to integrate it. Like, yes, we can be love and light, but we also have these darker sides of ourselves. And the longer you try and suppress it and ignore it, the louder it's going to get. So if you have the courage to, and the vulnerability to really lean into it and look it in the Mm -hmm. face and say like, okay, even though that happened and even though I'm feeling this way and even though maybe I've been playing out this pattern in my life, I'm ready to kind of integrate that with the lighter, higher side of myself. And yeah, bringing it all back, meditation is such a great way to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. I've never done any like reparenting work or Mm -hmm. timeline uh, transgression like you were talking about, but I would love to. Oh, I'll send you the meditation. You can pop it in. It's just a YouTube link. You can pop it in the show notes. You can do it. A bunch of my girlfriends do it all the time. And they're just like, something comes up every single time. So you'll love it. Yeah, I I definitely want to do that. We'll put it in the show notes. Because I do think like the ego comes from such a younger self, like childhood place. It doesn't just like manifest one day when you're 25. Like there's like a lot to that. Yeah. And I also think that it probably just looks different throughout the years as well. Oh, for sure. Right? But it's yeah. like the same underlying themes. Theme. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're right about that. When we're kids, we're in an egocentric state. We're so open when we're kids that we see every event and experience as happening to us. That's what egocentric is. And that's how we receive a lot of our conditioning from roughly the ages of zero to seven. And then what happens is we often, most of us fail to transition out of that egocentric state to open our awareness and realize that no things happen for us, not to us. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. Yeah. I'm excited to do this meditation. Yeah, you're going to love it. Yeah, it's going to be good. So thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I feel like you're just like so easy to talk to and like I just learned so much and I love talking about this stuff because it's definitely not my area of expertise, but I'm like getting more and more into it, I think, as like as I get older and like I know a lot of my friends are too. So where can people find you, connect with you, work with you? 
Yeah, the easiest place to find me is on my website. And if you guys are really looking to begin your journey of self-mastery, because that's really what all this work is for, I always say we're swapping self-sabotage for self-mastery, come to my website. It's www.ashleyperkins.co, C-O. And you'll actually find on my homepage the perfect opportunity for you to begin that work for free. Every single week, I send out what I call the weekly shift and you will receive either a guided hypnosis style meditation or a guided EFT tapping session from me to help you shift a specific pattern that week. So again, you can really continue this powerful journey of self-mastery. And then I hang out the most on Instagram. I'm the same there at ashleyperkins.co.co. And I also have a podcast. It's called Conscious Conversations with Ashley Perkins, but you'll find all of that on my website. Awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely going to sign up for that because I need weekly reminders to meditate for sure. Yeah. I'm so excited to have you there. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank you. I hope you got a lot out of that episode. It was a pleasure talking to Ashley and obviously she knows a lot. All the things that we talked about are linked in the show notes for you. Let me know what you think about this episode, about your ego versus your intuition, how to biohack that meditation, all the things. I would love to chat further and really get to know what everyone thinks about some of the content I'm putting out. So yeah, reach out to me and let's chat. And I hope you have a good rest of your week and look out for a new episode coming in a couple weeks. Thanks. Thanks.